Welcome, friends, to another podcast sponsored by Of Leadership. I'm Alex. I'm BJ. I'm Josh. <laughs> and uh, we are excited to come to you with some fresh material from BJ Fogg, actually, Tiny Habits. We'll be talking about that tonight. It is episode 66. Any connections to number 66? Well, obviously, we're trying to discuss, last episode was on New Year's resolutions, you know, habits, changes. This is about tiny habits, a, a methodology for changing. So, I mean, you want to do things multiple times in a row, six, six. What do you want after that? Another six, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think that'll, um, I, I think those are destined to fail, isn't it? Well, I think 6-6, six, six, he talked about that. One habit, and you tie another habit you want to have, and you put them together, and you have two habits. <laughs> 66. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is how numerology works, oh, right? Oh, boy, I can't yes. even. Anyways, all right. So before we get into our tiny habits talk, um, perhaps we should recap our last one, which is nice. It goes really well. I mean, we really planned this bad boy out, which was New Year's resolutions, why they fail, why they succeed. What are we talking about here, gents? Yeah, I uh, we talked about New Year's resolutions, and we talked about whether they're good to do or not, and why they don't go so well, and boy, I... I'm thinking maybe it's because we didn't listen to BJ's talk first. Uh, yes, I, I, I believe just before this, you said we were listening maybe to OJ's talk. We were listening to OJ's talk. Is too big to fail. Wait a minute, that was GM. Never mind. <laughs> no, he was like I said earlier. It was about the glove don't fit. We're gonna quit. <laughs> right? Is that it? Yeah, that hurts. Uh-huh. That's great. Yeah, I love that. I mean, do people still know who still know who O.J. Simpson is? I mean, like, I'm trying to think. The juice, you know? yeah, yeah. I think they's kind of a punchline. Yeah, but yeah. he was pretty impressive. Uh, he's got a, apparently an interesting Twitter now. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've heard about his Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you need to know. There's certain things you need help with, like you know, just like understanding how things work. And he gives you a little bit of advice on there. Fantasy football. Hmm. Tiny habits. <laughs> yeah, so so if we're talking about things you need to know, if I might introduce this topic, I oh, guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I'm the one who brought this topic of conversation today for all mm-hmm. our listeners. And um, it's actually spurred primarily by the release of uh, B.J. Fogg's new book mm. based off of these principles called Getting Foggy? Tiny, Tiny Habits, The Small Changes That Make a Big Difference. Change Everything. Very close, John. Wait, 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 wait. Was there another book, or is this the only book? You no, had? this is the only book. Oh, okay, I thought it, you were like, like this is like a sequel. It's, it's like, like it's like one of those colon things, tiny habits, colon the tiny changes that change everything. Small. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. Tiny colons. Got it. Tiny colons. Uh, uh, and so um, this book drops on dropped on the thirty first. So just in time for people to fail their New Year's resolutions, yes. sort of like we talked about in our last episode. Oh. And I actually stumbled upon this guy sometime in 2016, and he was, I, I must have signed up for some sort of email kit or something or on his email list, and part of it was I 
took a I, I wrote down my three habits that I was committing to doing and then I submitted some sort of thing to him so I can see that I in 2016 committed to uh, drinking a glass of water every time I woke up mm. uh, reading a sentence of something every time I whenever I did I can't remember what it was I don't have it in front of me oh. whenever I did something I would read a sentence out of whatever I was reading and the third one was anytime I got into my car I had this little notebook and I would write like one one thing of gratitude or something like that you know just something cheesy must have felt like I, I needed to be more thankful or something now that one ironically was the one that lasted the least hmm. right I was always in a rush to get to something um, but uh, I actually do still drink a glass of water in the morning and I couldn't before now, I, I didn't think about when that started. It, it must have been around then. It's been something that I, I do relatively regularly still, and I hadn't even thought about it. it it's something I remember not doing in the past because I didn't want to wake up to pee. Yes. Yeah. So could you help us understand Beach Fog's tiny habits? Yeah. What was he talking about? For those people who have not watched the seven-year-old TED Talk. Yeah, we'll post that below. It's his <laughs> Fremount TED Talk. Mm. Um, one of his earlier ones, the origination of this concept, I assume, because I found him in 2016. The video was posted in 2012. So it's had plenty of time to age well. Mm -hmm. So uh, BJ Fogg is a proponent of, he's, he's actually a PhD bro, meaning he's mega smart and obviously you should listen to him. But and he, is he old too? He's, he, I, I'd uh, say he's old. If he's not in his 80s, I yeah, don't believe. He, he's not like. You know, if he's 80, I believe everything he's. He, he looks pretty limber. And okay. in 2012, <laughs> he was doing eight push-ups after he peed. Uh -huh. Well, after he flushed the toilet. Regardless of what floor he was on. And you're wondering, man, what does that have to do with anything? Well, this tiny habit framework is based off of anchors and actions. So he, and we'll talk about this, we'll break it down, but he, he sort of pins motivation and your ability to do something as sort of um, opposing forces. If you pick something that's not, easily within your ability to do it's hard to do then you need a lot of motivation to do it and if you don't have that motivation you're just not going to do it uh, the opposite of that is you can have something that you very easily have the ability to do and all you need is a little bit of motivation to do it and so it's very likely to happen but it's pretty easy to do it's pretty small and so he couldn't figure out the consistency and he found this thing called a trigger um, he talks in the video about how he was putting on his socks after a shower and it's like bazinga I need to anchor these habits to something so um, he talks nowadays about how habit formation is a skill and I'm not too up to date on how he's talking about things. This is just sort of a pitch uh, that maybe we could check out his book in the future or hmm. have him on, you know, maybe he's making the circuits of non-academic, uh, uh, audiences. That'd be us. That would be us. Uh, but he, 
he proposes that in order to make a habit work, you need it to be, I don't think these are his words, but it needs to be stupidly simple. It needs to be something super small that you just do. You want to do something after that show that's almost a reward. It's a, it's a exclamation of positive emotion that you've done it, whether it's like your little happy dance, whether it's uh, I'm awesome or whatever. And you should phrase it in a way such as when I do this, this being the anchor, then I will do my new behavior. When I brush my teeth, I will floss not all your teeth, but one tooth. Mm -hmm. And then he says, obviously follow that with happiness because you're now performing a menial act of dental hygiene. Yeah, I remember just watching that. It was like the old habit tied to a new habit. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of the line from the movie, do you ever smoke after sex? And Mm. the person said, I don't know. I never checked. <laughs> Can't remember the movie. But <laughs> I, I remember, remember that. that. Line. Uh, I remember that he line. does remember that. Mm-hmm. So old habit, and then whatever you do regularly, mm. putting on your seatbelt. So you get in a car. I always put my seatbelt on. So I'm wondering if that started that way, where people, you know, who don't normally do their seatbelts, every time they get in the car, they put their seatbelt on. That's the old habit, and then they have a new habit wearing their seatbelt. So what would it look like in a car? You mentioned buckling up, and then. Saying something you're grateful for. Yeah, so I had a little notebook in my car, and I was like, we'll see how this works out. Um, And I think the notebook was probably a little too much, right? I think if I were to do something like that again, I would just say something I'm thankful for. Um, And it's because it's a lot of effort to take that notebook that's sitting on my dash, open it up, grab the pen, think of what I'm thankful for, then write it down. Now I'm one to two minutes into what could have been a... 30-minute commute. It's now 32-minute commute. Oh, my goodness. And now you're upset. And it wasn't a successful habit. Hmm. But my habit, like, I mean, if we're comparing, after getting up from bed. What should the new habit be? So why did you choose gratitude? Like, you could have got a journal and written anything. Well, and see, that's the thing. That's one of the reasons I think that failed is I didn't really have a a true motivation for that. Uh, There... The format he picked, I think, or that I was going off of, had me pick three habits. Okay. And the two were relatively solid, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I remember doing that. I remember sticking with them. And the third, I know I didn't stick through. And I actually have, I think I still have that exact journal in my car three years later sitting on the dash. And so you picked the glass of water because you thought it's important to drink water. Is yeah. That I, I remember thinking, man, I'm not drinking enough water. Okay. I'm dehydrated. Mm-hmm. I want to be more hydrated. Okay. Well, I, I started thinking through, like, what are some of the tiny habits that that I've done? I've done some weird things in my past, and, and I'm guessing that... And present. John, you, John you've, probably, you've probably done this, too, as a teacher. I don't know if you ever experienced this, and maybe it's just because it's me. Like, every year, you want to try something new, right? Sure. So you're like, oh, I'll try this. I don't know. Yeah. Now, usually those come somewhere come between your, your pedagogy. Thank you. This is pedagogy. Ten-cent word? Mm-hmm, it is. Anyways, so, <laughs> I'm not going to explain it. At all, what that is? Nope. Look it up. Anyways, so um, you know, trying to do something to actually like make your career better, like help students learn stuff. But here are some of the things that I did, <laughs> just to see if I could trick other people to get into habits. I don't know if you've done this before. <laughs> so this kind of um, so I'll give you one example. So I was on a uh, trip with some other science people, real nerdy stuff, and um, <clears throat> so the guy driving the van said, "Okay, we're gonna get out here. There's another van, and let's all just start stretching." 
I was like, okay, I don't know. So then everybody started stretching. He's like, you can get people to do pretty much anything mm-hmm. if it's like right after, if you put a trigger behind it. So, so it was pretty funny. So then um, I remember one year I would tell kids, high fi- I would say high five, and I, but I wouldn't give them a high five. And so then, <laughs> like, I would just be like, <laughs> high five, and just like point at them. And like, they were like, this is weird. And I was like, yeah, but now we don't have to high five. It's just, it's a germ thing, you know? So then I just kept doing it all year. So then like, I was literally in the hallway one day and I heard some kids say high five to another kid and there was no high five given. And I thought, ah, oh, I'm a rock star. But like, these are the things, you know, I think one year I decided I was going to, I had a class, <laughs> this is bad, but this is kind of this tiny habits thing. Cause you start class and every time you start class, I don't know if John, if you say something every, every class you start, what do you say? Happy Monday, everybody. I or, usually say the day of the week. Yeah, or happy that, Thursday. Usually, almost the exact same thing, right? I say happy whatever day it is. Sometimes I forget the day. Whatever, right? But then what I did in this other class is I had a, a cat picture, a new cat picture on my desktop every day. So the kids would say, I would say happy Monday. And then sometimes they ask about the cat. Most of the times they don't. But sometimes they would say, hey, oh, you like cats? And I would say yes. And then I would just move on, right? Well, so then I got them to believe. I barely said anything about cats. But I made them believe that I like cats because of the habit of changing the thing. Yes. Until about, you know, a quarter of the way in, I said, guys, I don't really like cats. And I remember one girl got really mad at me. (laughs) 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 But, like, it's funny that, like, as a teacher, and I don't know how this affects your life when you're, you know, where you work, Zach. But, like, as a teacher, we get to, I mean, we get to do new tiny habits every single year. I'm guessing we probably do them accidentally. We didn't even realize that we're doing it because we want to try something new or, you know, we've always been in the same routine. So let's try this or let's, let's try that on and see what happens. But I, I found it, the whole thing with BJ Fogg, interesting because I think I've been doing this. And my guess is that we've probably been doing this, all of us have been doing this. You know, we just decide what kind of habit we're going to put behind, you know, what kind of behavior we're going to do behind the trigger. Well, I think it's it's similar to that, except that you realize that your habits are responses to behaviors, yeah. um, or should I phrase it this way? As he says, um, when you look to outcomes, you end up creating things in the wrong way, yeah. and that's how we create our New Year's resolutions. Yeah, I want to lose 10 pounds this month, mm-hmm. output. But if instead you look at your behaviors and you start, to, well, why am I X many pounds overweight or um, why am I dehydrated or you, you start looking at the behaviors yeah. that make up that outcome and mm-hmm. you start slowly changing them, what you end up with is something that is sustainable, repeatable, and once it's sustainable and repeatable, it's easy to grow. And so to your point, Alex, I think that if we look at the things that we do, and this is why habits are often hard to change, that when we look at our habits, it's composed of things, including environmental factors, but lots of other little behaviors that create that outcome. Can you think of anything that you do that that has built up that way? I'm trying to think. So we talked last week about how um, I've read my my Bible every day, Mm -hmm. and... I mean, I had tiny habits in mind, but I tied it into my bedtime ritual. I would always read after I had, I think, um, in my head, it wasn't as firm of an anchor as he would have liked, but it's once I start my bedtime ritual, right? After I start my bedtime ritual, I'll read, and then I'll brush my teeth, 
and then I'll go to bed, you know. And I wear contacts, and I have to put in my retainer. So, like, it's pretty set already. Like, yeah. I brush my teeth, I take out my contacts, I put in my retainer, and go to bed. So there's a lot there to anchor on to. What was your question? What do you, uh, what, do you know any habits in your life, and do you see how they've naturally anchored to behaviors? Like, do you see that? I don't, but it's intriguing. I was even thinking for our next podcast for us to try something and then report to our listeners of what we've done. Like I, so whatever it might be, I don't know. I'm interested to we do something real weird. (laughs) I mean, let's, let's talk about things that are slightly addictive, like, um, caffeine intake. You guys are weirdos. <laughs> My girlfriend's gonna love me. Uh, whenever we meet next time, she's gonna she's gonna love the new habit that I've introduced into our relationship. <laughs> what is this gonna be? <laughs> I don't know. I gotta throw it out there. I don't. I don't know what it's gonna be. Maybe just give her a new nickname. You know. See, you're already setting yourself up for failure because it's so focused on the outcome. <laughs> no, I don't know Didn't what the outcome is. We're just gonna see what happens. I I did not. <laughs> Sorry, I thought he was London Fog. I was very confused. Mm. Mm. It's a nice tea and a jacket. Speaking of which, let's thank our sponsor, Steep <laughs> Tea Box. No, no, get out of here. Get out of here with your steep tea. Well, I have so a expensive. I have a trigger. My anchor is when other people talk about tea. Oh god. Mm-hmm. I bring up a tea oh company that I feel provides great tea for great value and a variety of different boxes and options for you to uh, enjoy and try new tea. So mm-hmm. check them out. Yeah. Well, as far as routines go, um, I don't know if this was, I guess it was kind of a trigger that I thought of. Um, when I, working out, obviously everybody would like to work out more. I mean, I don't see anybody working out too much and saying, I want to work out less. Um, so I was having trouble like when to work out and after school. And I get really tired after school almost every single day, three o'clock. I'm tired as a teacher, you know, blah, blah. And I tricked myself into thinking, well, Instead of taking a nap, which then makes least makes me stay up later, what can I do when I'm tired? I can lift weights or I can ride a bike. I don't have to really think, and I could just sit there. And so I've gotten into that routine. Now, you know, I'm off not because I've been sick, so I haven't done it. But, like, I mean, how hard is it for me to sit down on the bike, put on a episode of Psych, and just bike for 30 minutes? I was going to do that anyway, and I'm pretty brain dead anyway, you know. And... And to your point, you're taking something that was part of your life but a little inconsistent, the Mm -hmm. exercising, the working out, and you're adding it to your routine, which is at the end of the day, what do I do next, right? Well, when I feel tired, I start exercising. And so while that doesn't seem to most people, I would say that probably doesn't seem like a tiny habit. For you, I know that you used to frequent the swimming pool. You used to Mm -hmm. often go to the gym. And how much easier is that to do in your own basement? Oh, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just looking at my notes from the the TED Talk we watched, and he talked about long-term change. And I was just reflecting back to our last podcast on New Year's resolutions and how so many of them fail after a month. So long-term change is difficult. And he said there's two elements to get long-term change. You either have to change your environment or change your habit. Those are the two things. Hmm. And he said environment can be hard to change because of 
commitments that you have, et cetera, et cetera. So then the only thing left is to change habits and then, or create a habit. And the way to create a habit, you mentioned, I think in a previous podcast that after three or four weeks, 21 days, you, you create a habit. Okay. So how can I do that? And it seems like his idea of taking an existing daily ritual that we have to do, whatever it is, uh, he mentioned on the podcast, going pee and doing two push-ups. And that seemed kind of odd to the audience. And public restrooms seem to be a strange place to try to practice and that. And hands on the bowl when you do the push-up. Real weird. Yeah, it is. I, I don't know if he did that. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to slander VJ Fogg. <laughs> like, if he comes on, the, I, I guess that will have to be our first question. That's true, yep. If he does come on our Where's podcast, your hand on the lid? is where'd you place your hands after you flush the john? Yeah. Did you put Seat up, tissue seat down? down? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, those are all incline decline push up. Those are all all great questions. Um, I, I think the Fremont audience didn't get caught up in any of that. No, I don't think we so. are just hung mm-hmm. up on that. Uh, but nonetheless, so it's taking a ritual that you do every day and tying a new habit that you want to do. So I think that's interesting. So how do we? We're we're in a leadership podcast here, gentlemen. How do we connect BJ Fogg's discussion about tiny habits to leadership? The first concept that it ties to, in my mind, is Alex's favorite concept. And if you doubt me, just listen to almost any of our previous episodes, and he always brings up homeostasis. It's just, it's just what the, it's the homeostasis of our show for him to talk about homeostasis. I like my homeos. And so, (laughs) loves his homeo, uh, bromigo. Um, But the idea is, Like we do things that are easy and often the bigger the change, the bigger the pushback, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think that's, that's part of it. Whatever you do creates ripples, but you throw a big rock in, it's going to make big waves. If you throw a small rock in, people are probably going to overlook it or go with it, especially in a anxious system. There's always some level of anxiety and are you going to cause a lot of anxiety or a small amount of anxiety? I think the important part is the the new habit being created. And so I think from a leadership perspective, someone trying to cultivate more gratitude or better health or it just makes someone calmer when we're in when we're in better shape, when we cultivate gratitude, when when I see this, I'm going to make sure to make one compliment to someone else. Those are all just ways that individuals can relate better to themselves and w- about what's important and also relate better to people. And I think it naturally makes them calmer and makes them more effective leaders. So uh, I think, yeah, I think there's some truth to that. And one thing I want to point out is we've all read uh, Resilient Leadership, and they talk about doing this sort of thing especially in preparation to reactive behaviors that already exist in place you know you're going to have a hard conversation with your mother that often ends in an argument right and because it's reactive because it's um a a recurring emotional pattern right you know it's going to happen it's just a matter of time you can actually plan for it and so you realize hmm i know Uh, that this is going to happen, and I probably know to some degree what's going to lead up to it. Let me put my own trigger in there, knowing that I can't control her behavior, but that I can control my own. And so I'm going to say, when it gets heated, then I'm going to 
uh, ask for some distance. I'm going to say, hey, Ma, let's talk about this tomorrow and create some distance. Isn't it a changing of expectations, though, too? I feel like some of this is a change of expectations. So, like, uh, okay, if I if my expectation is that this is going to be the outcome, you know, I mean, it's kind of yeah, well, yeah. we're kind of rolling around the same thing here. But like, if I'm going to talk to my mother and it's always going bad. That's what I'm expecting. So, how could you change your behavior so you you don't have that expectation? That's what I'm thinking of. Like, how could you change your routine so that way you, that that may still happen? But is there something else? You're going to call this person anyway. Is there a way that you could do it differently so that way something different happens? I don't know. I don't know if it's that simple. Maybe I'm just too black and white. Well, I think of input and output. You know, he said not to focus on output. So uh, when I talk to my mom, it, continue, it typically the output is it's a bad conversation. There's arguing. Instead, I'm going to say, okay, when I talk to mom input I'm going to work on being the calmer between the two of us or I'm going to assume positive intent so like I'm going to make a mindset change in myself hopefully leading to a better conversation on the output end I'm going to use I language I'm going to insert some technical solution here that while it's not going to be the end all be all it's going to be an effective tool for me to use Mm -hmm. in the long term Mm -hmm. or I'm going to call my mom on a random t- like I've got to talk to her about this thing whatever but I'm gonna call her on Tuesday and talk to her for three minutes just to see what's going on in her life and that's it you know like but what would, we, what would be the trigger I'm trying to think of the old what would be the the old habit that we always do I know Tuesdays come every week but what might it look like to say let's say somebody said I, I want to get a closer relationship with my father or my sister whatever so what would be the trigger what would be the old habit that you could tie that to? When I get into my car, when I turn on my car or when I put my buckle my seatbelt, I will call my mom to tell her good morning. Boom. Or whatever that may be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would that mom be like, you You haven't called me in the last six months and now you're calling me every day. You're driving me crazy. Yeah. Every Go. day. She needs it. She needs to be overwhelmed, right? You <laughs> overcorrect so that eventually there you go. Just swing right to the other she's side. She's happy. It's just Easter. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 See, really, since you you were beforehand, you were just upset in the conversation. You really flipped it over, and now she's upset at you. Yeah, you made her realize that she really doesn't want a relationship with you. I mean. <laughs> and now you've set the homeostasis so that go. everyone's expectations are accounted for. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, we should put a disclaimer on this <laughs> podcast. Be tread carefully mm-hmm. with everything we say. But but to Alex's point though, I really do think the big part that this expectations conversation sets is that change big change especially is not easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. And often, like, if you think about the changes that are sustainable in your life, they're often a circumstance of environment that you didn't have control over, mm-hmm. right? And so you realize that when you start trying to affect change within your habits um, or even other people's habits, which I would say is not reasonable, but you realize that 
it's the small things that are going to take that you set your expectations. And if it's between working out in the gym four times a week for an hour apiece from nothing starting, or it's go on a a 10 minute walk Mm -hmm. every day, right? Or even just step outside in the morning in your running shoes. You know, you pick the small thing. I think that's actually one of the, the triggers that he recommends when I wake up. I put on my running shoes and that's all, all it is, yep. mm-hmm. you know, and it's so stupidly simple that you don't have any expectations of running. Mm-hmm. But you already have your running shoes on. And even if you don't put on, don't go for a run, even you, it's still a success in terms of that. And eventually, hopefully out of that natural ease of behavior, you're, you provide a environment for it to grow ironically enough yeah i think this definitely connected your guiding principles right i mean you've got to have some sort of like this is the why i want to do this there's got to be a why connected to it so i was thinking of even like you know there's a routine you're always you're always going to work a certain way you always come in at a certain time you walk in a certain way you go by certain people right so if your guiding principle is like, I like to know more people in the office, but you just walk a different way through the office, you know, like, <laughs> what does that look like? You know, like, I mean, how hard is that? You have to walk in anyway. I remember once somebody, uh, when we used to be able to park in the back parking lot, Oh, I remember uh, was, the day. those were the good old days, you know? Um, anyways, but I still parked in the front because I wanted to like interact with some more people. I remember somebody asked me, why are you parking in the front? I'm like, I don't know. I just want to say hi to my boss every day you know i was just kind of like something yeah but that was based off of guiding principles of what i wanted to do um do i still do that i guess i i'm now forced to park in the front i had a job once where i had the route of walking in front of the boss's office very uncomfortable guy kind of a weirdo right to the coffee machine and you could either go the short way in front of his office door which was almost always open or you could go the long way Sure, it was past another couple of well-intentioned weirdos, but it was the longer way. And, I mean, I just wasn't willing to sacrifice the shortest distance between A and B. But I know everyone else in that office, no joke, everyone else did because of the uncomfortability. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I just, yeah. Because it was the easier thing to do. It was the easier thing to do. To go the long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't have to bear the emotional burden. And, honestly, it was probably the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> So, guys, as we think about the podcast and as we wrap up, I th- just for an action step, I'm not sure you'd be wanting to do this, but I do. I'm going to think of something I do on a regular basis and tie a new habit to it. And what I'm asking of you is the next time we have on our next podcast, ask me, what was it? And I'll share with you what I did, how it was successful, and how I saw it. Brand new segment, Tiny Habits with John Moyers. Mm -hmm. It's his year. 2020. (laughs) Me and Ted Koppel. Okay, well, gentlemen, uh, we have some homework to do. Uh, I believe with that, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. Um, As we failed to mention in our last podcast, our emails of leadership at gmail.com. You can check out ofleadership.com, iTunes, Google Play, Simplecast, Steep Tea, BJ Goff. Yeah, yes. Goff? No, not Goff. BJ Fogg, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. PhD. Mm-hmm. Yes. He has no connection to us. But Check yes. out the uh, the show notes below and find a link to his newest book because, uh, you know, we just throw out free advertising, such as to steepteabox.com. <laughs> S-T-E-E-P-T-box.com. Prices keep rising. 
They're they're steep. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I'm Alex. I'm John. And I'm Zach. And we'll catch you around next time. See you around. Adios. <laughs>